Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Growth Hacking Show for business coaches and consultants. This is a podcast for you to discover new business growth campaigns directly from the trenches. I am Ed Rich and I interview business thinkers and thought leaders about their successes, failures and business. And most importantly, what's working now in their business. Hey everyone, Ed again with another exciting episode with somebody I have been admiring for quite some time, the author of the book, The Most Powerful Goal Achievement System in the World uh, by Mike Pettigrew. So I'm here with Mike today and uh, let's welcome Mike. Hey Mike. Hi Ed, great to be with you. Thanks so much for asking me. Awesome, thank you very much for writing this book. My wife actually believes that this is the best goal setting books that she has read. I have got a lot of them. I haven't read it fully. I've started it, but haven't finished it. So I'm not saying it from my perspective, but uh, somebody who is actually reading it. That's really nice. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, Mike. Mike, uh, we would love to know what it is that you you do, how you get to the point where you are today. Okay. Wow. (laughs) You have to go back many years, I'm afraid. You know, I, I, I tell people I started my first business in 1987. That's not true. I started my first business about 10 years before that, when I was 15 years of age. And I, I was doing gardening to make a bit of money in the summer. I was about you know, 14 years, 15 years of age. And I bought, well, back then in Ireland, not many people had color TV. It was always black and white. But at the end of, one, of, of a, uh, the summer, I had enough money to buy myself a secondhand color TV. I was great, delighted, fantastic. And then I realized, hmm, I could sell this for 150 pounds. Now it cost me 75 so I went into the TV business and I started buying and selling color TVs. I was still at school. <clears throat> that was my first experience of business. I was st- later on, I went, studied electronic engineering at college. Loved that. But I started working for uh, a company doing sales. And um, I-, I liked that because I was more or less my own boss. I was free to move around. I got a company car. Never thought I'd go into business. Not really. And uh, that was the one and only job I ever had, and I was fired from it. <laughs> I was living with my girlfriend at the time. We split up. She met someone else. It's a typical heartbreak story. My sales plunged, and I was the first in the company to go. And the company went bankrupt a few months later. This is in the middle of a recession back in the, I don't know, 80, 86. But then a year later, it's amazing how your, your, your life can totally change. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but one year later, I had my first real business, and it was tropical plants for offices. Now, I didn't know anything about tropical plants, no interest in tropical plants, but I had a friend who had plant business, and I helped. I did some sales for him after I was fired from my one and only job, and I enabled his business to take off, and I brought in a huge sale. He said it was the most profitable one he'd ever had. Now, this is nine, early 1987. It was something like back then in Ireland, we weren't in euros at that point. We were, it was pounds. And it was worth something like 47,000 pounds. And it was, I did all the work. He was on holidays. I, I spoke with the architect. I spoke with suppliers, fixed the prices, typed the letters, the quotes, and you know, afterwards I thought, wow, I could do this myself. 
And I spoke with my parents, who I trusted very much in their feedback. And they said, both said, go for it. Start your own business. I could, you know, what? And I, um, two weeks later, or a week later, my mother lent me money just to lease a van. And I started into a business that I knew nothing about, but I could at least sell. And cutting a long story short, I sold that business to a multinational in 2001. That was what, 14 years later. The first few years were so tough, so tough. And it, you know, it's the same in most businesses. And do you know what, what was holding my finances back? I was on a financial roller coaster. It was feast or famine. One month there would be enough money, next month, nothing. And it all came down to self-worth. I discovered I had really low self-worth. I had a terrible attitude towards money. I hated asking my clients to pay me. And my prices were crazy, crazy low. And I had a really hor horrible experience where I had to make a decision fold up the business or change in a, a very radical way. And I was having all these, what would you say, experiences that were showing me that my, I'd really self, low self-worth. So I thought, how do I change my self-worth? Because maybe if I change my self-worth, it will be reflected in my financial situation. At that point, the, the crisis was that I, owe, I just suddenly discovered I owed my, my suppliers about three times as much money or at least twice, two and a half times what was going to come in in the next two months from my clients. So I'm going to, how am I going to pay the suppliers? And as I say, I was <clears throat> on the point of just folding up the business. And then I realized if I do that, I've just wasted seven, you know, how many years, four years of blood, sweat and tears. And that would be total failure. So I decided to do something radical. I actually doubled my prices and expecting to lose at least half my clients. And if I, even if I lost half, it, I'd still be making twice as much money for half the amount of work. And every client said, yeah, no problem. In fact, two of them said, we thought you were too cheap. We, were, we couldn't understand why you provided us with a, uh, such a good service, but we're charging us almost nothing. So that was my first big lesson in business, that our self-worth determines our earning potential. That business took off from that point. It became incredibly profitable. As I say, I sold to a multinational in 2001. Now, you often hear a lot of uh, stories of rags to riches. Well, my story, Ed, is really one of rags to riches to rags to riches. <laughs> because after I sold that business, I thought I'd take an early retirement. I was, you know, late 30s at that point. And I, I remember... What the, the year I sold that business, not in, as I say, 2001, I had this amazing realization. Oh, my goodness, I've achieved all the goals I've ever set for myself. And these were really big goals, really big goals. Like I, I used to do a lot of voluntary work. Uh, the last five years of that business, I only worked a day and a half a week, had a huge income, created a lot of value. And I spent most of my time doing vol voluntary work. A lot, a lot of hospice volunteer work, people who are dying, that sort of thing. But I re, re, suddenly had this realization just at the, the month where I sold my business, I've achieved all my life's biggest dreams. <clears throat> but little did I know what life had in store for me. And I made some really bad investments. I trusted the wrong people. And just a few years later, our son was born and I had no more money to feed him or my wife. It was that awful. 
So that's about 15 years ago. <clears throat> Once again, you know, mindset is everything. Uh, I, 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 I invested in this business. I put a lot of money into this business, which was an absolute failure. And you know, it doesn't matter how much self-esteem you built or how much self-worth, <clears throat> it's possible to experience a set of really painful circumstances that can gradually erode that. So I went from being a very positive, optimistic, very empowered person to hating myself, doubting myself, berating myself. As I say, our son was born. I had no more money to feed him. One year, we lost a quarter of a million. And there were several years like that. It was so frightening. And I reached the point, I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, every morning I'd run to the, I'd waken up and go, oh no, not another day. And I'd crawl to the bathroom. I had terrible diarrhea. It was just a nightmare. Your immune system was not. Oh, my up. whole body was falling apart because my mind was falling apart. Horrendous. But it got so bad. I just said to the universe, I can't take it anymore. Show me what to do. I know I need to change. I realized how far I'd slipped in, internally from very positive to very negative, expecting more bad stuff. And I said, just show me what to do. I'll do anything. I'll make any change within myself. And then a, an absolute miracle happened. I picked up a book uh, that was written over 100 years ago. It was all about gratitude, all about the power of gratitude. And I, I, it was a real reminder that gratitude acts as a magnet, drawing into our lives amazing things, whereas fear, resentment, complaint pushes away all the good stuff. So I decided to do what today I call my crazy gratitude experiment. And every 30 minutes of the day, I would bring up gratitude. Now, I certainly didn't have anything apparently to be gr grateful for. It was almost like I was fooling myself, but worth trying anyway. So every 30 minutes of the day, I'd ask myself, what has been my dominant thought and emotion in the last 30 minutes? And I'd replace it with gratitude. Now, how do you replace all those negative thoughts and feelings with gratitude? All you have to do, we have an amazing capacity as human beings to bring up any feeling that we choose by remembering a time in the past where we felt it. So all I had to do is remember a time in the past where I felt deep, sincere gratitude. And after a few minutes, I'd feel it genuinely. But no, but the end of the, the first day, our circumstances had not changed, but I had changed. And then three days later, after doing this crazy gratitude experiment for three days, amazing synchronicities started happening, amazing coincidences that profoundly affect me to this day. And an old competitor phoned me up <coughs> He, you know, he knew I'd sold my company. He thought I was the rich guy, which I had been. And I was too ashamed to, he said, how are things going? And I said, oh, great. <laughs> you know, pretending that like, I was too ashamed to tell him that I'd lost everything and I'd been very foolish. And I said, how's your own business going? I wanted to divert the subject towards him, not me. I was just too embarrassed. And he said, oh, wow, these Google ads are amazing. This is about 2004, 2005. I said, what are they? He said, you know those little ads on the right-hand side of the Google search results? I said, yeah. He said, I'm getting so much business from it. Now, this is the effect of this crazy gratitude experiment. Now, I have a very successful marketing business. We spend about between 
three and five thousand dollars every day on Google AdWords, Bing and Facebook ads and a few other networks. That phone call came three days after my crazy gratitude experiment. <clears throat> Everything changed from that point, point forward. So the reason I wrote the most powerful goal achievement system in the world is to help anyone, no matter how dire their circumstances, no matter how difficult one's circumstances are, there are ways of becoming unstuck and very quickly gaining momentum to transform our lives. I know that was a monologue. I'm sorry wow. for yeah. going on no, so there long. There are two things That's that really stuck with me, and I have follow-up mm. questions for those. Uh, the first one is that you mentioned, which was, which I believe is very, very powerful, and a lot of people are stuck in, uh, and that is you doubled your prices. It yeah. is, in my opinion, an ultimate act of courage. Yes, it is. What gave yes. you that courage, and what gave you the idea that let's just double the prices? What what triggered uh, that that well, Ed, I, th I think it was a risk. At that point, I had only two choices, fold up the business or double my self-esteem. Now, how do, we, how do you, money is simply a measure of the value you create for society. So if you're denying, if, if you berate yourself all the time and constantly, you know, put yourself down, you're, you're, you're devaluing your life. So by doubling your prices, uh, even though you may not, it's be the last thing in the world that you want to do, uh, I, I felt that that would be the quickest way to remedy this low self-worth. And it turned out to be the, to be the cure. And, I, and that wasn't the only thing. I, was, I did other things to appreciate myself more. I did other things to value myself more, but that was the biggest one. And, but the, the effects were instant. But really, the reason why I had the courage to do that, I only had two choices. Fold up the business, go on social welfare, or do something radically different. And it was, I didn't expect it to work out. I didn't. <laughs> right. a positive and, shock. And the second thing is about gratitude practice. How do you do it sincerely? Like, uh, sure. uh, what, what I mean by that, I have had some practice, some experiences with gratitude, but I haven't had that kind of realization in life. And I think the difference is because I know that when I'm doing gratitude exercise, it's not going super deep in yes. me. I'm doing it. I mean, to me, it still sounds like it's in for the believers. If you don't be, like a voodoo, like if you believe in voodoo, voodoo yeah. will work on you. But if you don't, uh, it just doesn't exist. So yeah. how do you do it so sincerely that you can actually feel that you're grateful for yeah. others, literally from the core? I think, Ed, um, in a way, it was like artificial gratitude at first. I was almost, I hate the expression, fake it till you make it, because that's not, not the case at all. And you, it might be easy to misinterpret or misunderstand this as being that. But it is, I realized, I, I you know, Throughout my life, I've studied the mind, spirituality, human consciousness. I'm really scientifically minded. I like to dig deep. I'm quite skeptical. And when you dig deep in matters of the mind and spirituality, you come across a lot of BS. But you also come across nuggets of gold, which you cannot deny. So when that experience happened, I'd already understood for many years that our, our dominant thoughts and emotions create our circumstances. So I knew in the pits of hell, 
the only way I was going to change our circumstances is to change my dominant thought and emotion. So it was, as I say, the, the way I could do this, I, I had a, a great, uh, I had a friend who died a, a couple of years ago, a well-known author, his name is Bruce Moen. And he was here in Ireland back, I think it was year 2000. And he said something very profound to me one morning. He said, Mike, if you ever want to return to any state of consciousness you've experienced in the past, all you need to do is remember what it felt like. So therein lies the potential for incredible change by remembering a time in the past. Now, if, if I ask you, Ed, do you feel angry now? I'm pretty sure you don't. But all you need to do to get angry genuinely right now is to remember a time in the past when somebody really hurt you or something really nasty happened that was beyond your control and someone else is to blame and you'll feel it. The same with love, the same with gratitude, the same with every feeling. We can, if we choose to feel it again right now by remembering. So that was the tool I used, just remembering. So that was such a simple concept to return to any state of consciousness you've ever experienced in the past. All you need to do is remember what it felt like. That saved my life. I'm forever eternally grateful to to Bruce for telling me that. So simple, so profound. Yeah. What about limiting beliefs? Do you think limiting beliefs also stop us from actually enjoying the the feelings of gratitude? Yeah. Because in my case, for example, when I, I do gratitude exercises and, and stuff, but I feel that I'm more like um on the surface level, taking them for granted. It's like, yeah, yeah I mean, my wife, is talking nicely to me and she's supposed to talk nicely yeah i mean you know it's it's just supposed to be like that so taking things for granted and that has something to do with probably some kind of limits we have on our beliefs uh some kind Maybe. of expectations i i, I yeah possibly I, yeah limiting beliefs are the cause of all, all sorts of problems but i think any level of gratitude is better than none Right. Uh, any level, even if it's only a little bit of gratitude, when you when you exercise that, it's like exercising a muscle. It's hard at first, but when you do it regularly, it becomes more uh, more deeply felt. But you know, I don't feel huge gratitude all of the time. No, nobody does. But it's the effort we do to remind ourselves that that counts. And I think this is why. We need mentors. We've got to have mentors. We limit ourselves so much. We limit ourselves so much, but the purpose of a mentor, it stretches our life. It shows us what we're truly capable of because most of, well, all of us, we, gr we go through life <clears throat> from the time we're born, we're told by our parents, our brothers, our sisters, our friends and relatives and school teachers and governments and religions and you name it, we're told what to think and what not to think, what to believe is possible and what not to believe. And then we all go through life and we, you know, in our teens and 20s, we experience hardships, relationships that go wrong, careers that fail, all sorts of horrible stuff. And that closes our realm of possibility down even more. So by the time most people are in their 30s, they have so much conditioning so much be beliefs of limitation that it's no wonder that most people don't achieve a wonderful, happy, fulfilling life. Yeah. And it's so sad. 
It is this, this is the saddest thing that people close down. I, I'm forever asking people, you know, what, what, what's your biggest dream? What do you really want to do? And people usually, you know, most people, uh, not sure. Uh, maybe unclear, really unclear. And this is because they, but ask a child, you know, what do you want it to be when you, when, when you grow up? Their eyes light up, they smile, and they're excited. Due to life, <clears throat> all these hard knocks, hardships, these difficulties we go through, and all the conditioning, all that belief is almost killed by the time we enter, you know, early to middle adulthood. Yeah. And to yeah. get them people dreaming again. Not oh, only that, it. we even believe that it's not possible. What we were oh. thinking. I'll give you my example. <laughs> I used to draw a lot of comics like bodybuilding uh, superheroes, basically, with huge ah. bodies and stuff. And all my school books and everything were full of those. Yeah. And I was forbidden in school to draw those. And I was forbidden at home to draw any, any things. Uh-uh. Eventually, even now, when I dream of like the ultimate thing that will satisfy me would be to draw all those things. I admire comic book. I admire art. Like when movies are made, there are concept arts and I really admire looking at them. Uh, Same for video games and stuff. I would imagine that would be kind of an ultimate achievement, but I never, ever, ever took a single step in my life to move me towards that. It just became a dream. You know, uh, so, uh, so because I believe that it's not going to no. happen. Yeah. It's not going to support me. It's not going to make me money. It's not going to allow all those beliefs come in. Now, this is just one example sure. of the limiting beliefs. So with this, I would like to to bring the attention back to your book and sure. see like how what's <clears throat> the system that you're talking about? Uh, what's this book is all about? And basically does it help in in overcoming limiting belief does it consider that and how does it tie into what you provide as services to your uh, clients and customers so yes to everything (laughs) yeah limiting beliefs is the big one and you know what there are so many very good goal achieving systems out there and for the most part they're missing two or three really essential ingredients and in most cases, they're quite complex. I mean, there, I know of one really famous author, brilliant author. It's a brilliant book, but there's 42 steps in it. And that's way too complex for most people. Most people won't even get started if there are 42 steps. Simplicity is essential. So there's only seven steps in my system. And the first one is becoming clear on what we want. <clears throat> becoming clear on what we want. If we don't know what we want, well, in its extreme, if we're not clear on the direction of where we were aimed, we can end up just reacting to changing circumstances and our lives can drift. That's that's fact. Uh, second step is um, creating highly charged goals. Now, we all have goals that we feel strongly about, things that we want to achieve. And we have other goals that we'd like to achieve at some point, but you know, not, we don't feel that strongly, but we'd like to. So I have a very simple process that can combine goals so that they are all empowered, all have more feeling, more energy. And part of that is using uh, an NLP uh, tool called an anchor. 
So you just squeeze your thumb and forefinger together and you bring up this feeling that's really powerful. And, and then the step four is programming our mind because we all have this subconscious mind and our subconscious mind is in the driver's seat of our life. And our subconscious beliefs detect what, dictate what we can and can't achieve. If we believe we can achieve something, but subconsciously we doubt it, subconscious beliefs will always win out. So how do we affect our subconscious mind in such a way where we're steering it towards the things that we want rather than, in most cases, the things that we don't want? So there's a very simple but powerful process to program our mind for success and for achieving our goals. It's a bit like a, a guided missile. Um, a guided missile doesn't go straight towards its target. It has this thing built in called negative feedback. It goes off target, negative feedback kicks in, says off target, and it veers back the other way. Negative feedback kicks in and it veers back the other. So it weaves its way towards its target. Well, it's possible to influence our subconscious mind, plant very clear instructions this is what we want, and this is when we want, want it by. And our subconscious mind works honestly like a, a, a genie, like a, a magic lamp. Uh, it creates ideas that come into our mind for no reason. Intuitions, being in the right place at the right time, that's all the work of our subconscious mind. So when you're using your subconscious mind uh, to, to achieve your goals, oh, life changes totally. So that's another. Step five is planning for accelerated success. You know, Ed, the, the saying, failing to plan is planning to fail. Well, if we don't plan what it is that we want to achieve, we don't create action steps, it's very hard to achieve anything substantial. But how do we make, how do we break things down into really bite-sized chunks that are easy to, to do? Well, mind mapping is a wonderful tool. Mind mapping is phenomenal, a way of planning uh, the, uh, how to get from where we are now, right now to where we want to go. Even if we only know a few of the steps, by using mind maps, other steps start to come into our mind. It's oh, wonderful, wonderful too, mind mapping. So, but it's not just mind mapping. There's other um, planning for accelerated success. There's a way of tapping into our subconscious mind to get answers and direction that we wouldn't normally, inner guidance, you might say. Then step six is adopting high-performance habits. And I haven't seen this in any other goal achievement system. But um, one of my mentors, Brendan Burchard, I've had the great fortune to be in his uh, mastermind group, his private group for the last two years. Remarkable human being. But he founded the High Performance Institute a few years ago. And the High Performance Institute have studied hundreds of thousands of high performers worldwide. Now, what's a high performer? A high performer is someone who succeeds above and beyond standard norms consistently over the long, long term. It's not peak performance because that can't be sustained. It's about how do we become more successful in area, every area of our life consistently over the long term? Well, high performance habits, they're very simple strategies, tools, and techniques that move the needle the most. For example, uh, every every 60 to 90 minutes, generally, I'll, I'll take a break from my computer. I'll stand up. I'll do some teching, tapping exercises, some qigong exercises. I go back to my work two or three minutes later. I'm more energy. I'm more aliveness. I'm more focus. And normally, we lose energy as we go through the day. But when you replenish energy as you go through the day 
and you do these high performance techniques, it changes everything. You can get so much more done with such, so much, so less stress, so less stress. So it's about becoming more productive, feeling more alive, having more fun, being more productive and eliminating stress. So high performance is phenomenal. And these are strategies, tools, and techniques that have been scientifically proved to work, scientifically proved. And then that's become a high performer. And the seventh step is overcoming limiting beliefs where, where we started in our, in, our, in our chat today. Overcoming li limiting beliefs are the biggest reason people don't achieve the sort of life that they want. Limiting beliefs are the number one reason. And when you can root out and overcome those limiting beliefs, and I have a very simple technique that to do that, everything changes. The doors are pulled open and what was impossible suddenly becomes possible. So those are the seven simple steps and yeah. uh, simplicity is vital. Yeah, you know? I, I believe, and I could be biased totally, I believe limiting belief is the most difficult step to take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, identifying the limiting beliefs, identifying the areas where those limiting beliefs are in itself is a project that takes months and years sometimes. And, 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 and it's like the, um, I don't know how to, I forgot the, the phrase where something is in front of you and you just cannot see it. Seeing the wood from the trees. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So it's it's one of those kind of things that it's in front of you, in your eyes, all, the, all time. the time, but you just cannot see it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. In most cases, limiting beliefs, people are oblivious. And even if they actively try to find their limiting beliefs, they're still blinded in some ways. And it can, as you say, it can take a lifetime. But you know, there are simple ways. I'm all about simplicity. You know, that's the one passion I have, making difficult concepts really simple, really accessible. And I came across this limiting belief exercise several years ago. It works like dynamite. You can apply it to any area of your life, any area at all. We were talking earlier about um, <clears throat> financial problems and how to change that. And I explained how um, if we always have money problems, it's often a reflection, not always, but often a reflection of our self-worth. Now, there's a very simple uh, exercise in my book, how to root out and overcome these limiting beliefs. And I, I know this sounds crazy, but you can do this in a single hour. In one single hour, you can, be you can become aware of your limiting beliefs in any area of your life. It could be finances, it could be relationships, career, you name it. You might think, how is that even possible? Because you're accessing your subconscious mind. So it, it's a, a, I'll just briefly explain the, the steps in it. Uh, I won't go into much detail because it, there's a little bit of complexity, not much. But basically, say, for instance, uh, money problems. If you have always have problems uh, with money, and you want to root out your limiting beliefs surrounding money, you'd simply say this sentence aloud, I can't become rich because, because I'm not that rich. <laughs> no, no, I'm only joking. Uh, I can't become rich because, and you, the very first thing that comes into your mind, no matter how crazy it sounds, you write it down. And you do this 10 times. Again, you say aloud, and when you read it out, I can't become rich because, 
And the next thing that flies into your mind, write it down. It doesn't matter how crazy it seems. You did this 10 times. And if you do this honestly, and you, do, you must do this process fast, you have got to do it fast. Because the first thing that comes to mind is coming from your subconscious mind, not your rational thinking mind. Now, I've heard people come up with awful things. Money doesn't grow on trees. I can't become rich because rich people are greedy. I can't become rich because everybody'd hate me. I can't become rich because it's gonna to be too difficult. You, it, it, this works, this works. And then once you have these 10 limiting beliefs, you then rank each belief according to how strongly you feel about that. Now, if, you, if there's a, a strong emotion attached to some of those limiting beliefs, rank it maybe between seven and 10. Those that don't have much emotional feeling, just rank them lower. You throw those away. You keep your four limiting beliefs with the highest emotional intensity, even if you can't understand why you feel strongly about them. Then there's a process where you're not doing it quickly. You're doing it the opposite. You're doing it slowly, and you're using your rational, thinking, logical mind to come up with opposites for each of your top limiting beliefs. Rich people are greedy. Okay, I can become rich because rich people are generous and so am I. Okay, and then I can't, I, rich, I can't become rich because there's not enough to go around. <clears throat> I can become rich because I live in a world of abundance, something like that. Now, this sounds incredibly simplistic, but then the final step is to convert these opposites. There's, I'm missing another step, but it's, it's in my book. But the final step is to convert each one of these new positive empowering beliefs into affirmations, which you then use morning and evening. You say them aloud with emotion and they reprogram your subconscious mind. Very quickly, those all those limiting beliefs can start to erode. This is magical. This changes lives and it's so easy. And otherwise, you could go to you know, a psychiatrist for years to try and do this sort of stuff. You can do it in a single hour, any yeah. area of life. Yeah. That's, that's in a nutshell, but it's really effective. Right. Totally, totally agree with you. Um, and this is somebody whose name is Rich, so. <laughs> I know. That's why I said I can't become rich because I'm not that rich. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm destined to be. I mean, in my case, I have identified 12 areas in my life, and I deserve to be rich in all 12 of them uh money is just one of them so that's one twelfth yeah. of yeah. those areas however the focus goes on one area at a time so cannot do exactly. or three two in the background and one in the front and uh just to support this one so it keeps switching um this was amazing so uh for those who have not read the book i highly recommend you read it uh for those who are nerd about goal setting and stuff uh you have read hundreds of books uh one more to read uh you cannot miss another book uh and and for those who have not this could be a great starting point because one it's easy to read um two my wife has huge approval for it <laughs> um and we have mike here who's got amazing concepts and we have a training inside the toolkit area from Mike. Mike, would you like to give a very brief about what, what is the training? Yeah, I, I think I, I share this same exercise, every step of it very clearly, 
how to root out and overcome our, our limiting beliefs in any area of life. And it also goes into how, you know, wealth creation and everything around accelerated goal achievements. You know, let's face it, everybody wants more in life, more happiness, more joy, more abundance. Everyone wants those things and they are there for us providing we do the right things. It all comes down to action. You know, we mentioned uh, mentors earlier. <sighs> For years, I, I ran a successful business. and was all through trial and error. Eventually, I sold that to a multinational. But that was through so much trial and error. We need mentors if we want to do things as quickly as possible. Why take it the slow route when we can take the, the proven route, the proven route? If you want to achieve anything in life, the most important thing is to root out or to, well, to find, to search for someone who's already done it before, learn from them and put into action what you've learned from them. And that's the purpose of mentors. And, you know, everything that I teach in, you know, I, I have uh, an ultimate, the ultimate success club. It's my monthly group coaching program and all my other books. And it's all about making this, the complex things simple, 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 simple. Because we live in an age of, oh, an age of distraction, overload of information. People need the things that move them, you know, move the needle the most. Right. Right. Okay. okay. So amazing. Let's move on to the toolkit area. But before that, um, where can people find more information about you? How they can connect with you? Just a sure. quick brief for people. AchieveGoalsFast.com. That's www.AchieveGoalsFast.com. I also have MikePettigrew.com, but most people can't, can't, uh, don't know how to spell Pettigrew. So AchieveGoalsFast.com. Awesome. So AchieveGoalsFast.com and go and check out on Amazon um, as well. Um, this book, it just takes a few seconds to download and start reading right now. And... Um, Remember, we have a we have the limiting belief elimination training with Mike inside the toolkit. You can get the toolkit at booksmind.com forward slash toolkit. Remember, this is the same toolkit which was named forward slash mentors before. Uh, we're just renaming it and um, we'll see you there. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Ed. Pr uh, absolute pleasure and privilege. Thank you so much.